This message is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Ancient faith for today's world. December 5th, 2021. Malachi 3, 1-7. Have you tried traveling recently to the north? You'll find as you go past Pine and as you drive up towards the top of the rim that you'll see some orange signs. And the signs will be there that tell you to slow down as they say 45 miles an hour. 35 miles an hour, 25 miles an hour. Until finally you start to see the, the construction ahead and you see the orange cones placed everywhere. All that is designed to cause you to be ready when you enter into the work zone that's there as the road curves up the top of the rim. But there's one more measure set in place just in case someone hasn't yet slowed down by the time they enter the work zone. On each side of the worksite is a police car, which is occupied with a police officer, telling the person one final warning. If they haven't slowed down by this point, maybe they should think about putting their foot a little bit more on the brakes as they enter into the worksite. It's the way that they prepare you, get you ready to make it through the worksite. What does our God do? to prepare us as he comes near. Today we'll continue our series, When the Lord Comes Near. And we look at Malachi chapter 3, and we see when the Lord comes near, he prepares us. When the Lord comes near, he humbles his people. Certainly God had given his people a lot of road signs all throughout history. There at the very beginning of time, he, he gave that sign which said someone would be born, a savior would come, born of the woman, and he would crush the devil underfoot. And more signs were given to the children of Abraham as they were told that one would be born as one from Israel, from the people of Abraham. And more signs were given that in the time of David, it was told that the covenant would be given as the king would sit on David's throne and he would bring his peace and his rule over all. God's promise, his covenant for them. And so when we near the, the final portion of the Old Testament prophecies, we see God telling them there's going to be one more sign before he comes near. Here we see in Malachi 3, Look, I am sending my messenger. He will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord who you are seeking will come. Immediately before God's coming is the sending of this messenger. And the Lord's messenger would be like that police officer stationed as the last thing before you enter into the worksite with its lights flashing and its presence known so that you would know you're entering now, very near. It would give God's people pause, cause them to consider, to see the immediacy of the coming of his, well, his Savior. He's called here the messenger of the covenant, in whom you delight. He will come. Immediately after the coming of God's messenger would come this messenger, the Savior, who would carry that covenant, the forgiveness of sins. And we see this. When you look at all four gospel accounts, the first thing that's mentioned at the start of each account is this messenger. His name is John. 
And there you see it. Matthew mentions at the start of his gospel account the coming messenger, John the Baptist. And that the first thing that's mentioned before the start of Jesus' ministry is the work of John, telling the people his coming is near. Mark, right away, jumps to the coming of John the Baptist as the messenger who would come. Luke lists, yes, the Christmas account, but he also goes into the coming of the birth of the messenger. And before the coming of Jesus, he leads into John as the messenger. And yes, John's gospel account right away jumps to the messenger. God sent his messenger. And just as prophesied, immediately following that messenger came the messenger of the covenant, the one in whom all believers delight, the Savior. It says, he will surely come. But who can endure the day when he comes? Who will remain standing when he appears? When the messenger comes, will we be prepared? Will the signs and the preparation have been enough for us to be ready when the Lord comes near? Well, in order to prepare his people, God says that first he's going to prepare the, the Levites, the sons of Levi. He will be like a refiner's fire, like a launderer's bleach. He will be seated like a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver. The first thing God does to prepare his people is to prepare those who preach and teach his word. The Levites were those who were to serve as priests and who were to serve in teaching the people the word of God. And it is them who must first be prepared. And God purifies their hearts and refines them to remove all impurities and evil as he deals with them. And the way that God purifies and refines hearts is with his word, with law, and gospel, with the hammer and fire of his word, and with the cool healing of the gospel of forgiveness. God brings the sinner to see their sin, convicts their heart of evil, and when they turn to him in repentance, brings them the cool, refreshing forgiveness of the gospel and his love, his unfailing mercy kept in his covenant. That's what spiritual leaders need to do in order to first be prepared themselves to take in law and gospel from the word of God. And that's what God's leaders in his church need today. And yes, it's certainly true that others in God's church can cause an influence, not just those who teach and preach in the church and are called to lead and shepherd, but the spiritual leaders of God's church often have the greatest influence. It is the Levites, after all, who were often the stronghold of God's word in the Old Testament. And it's the Levites who, when they followed down paths of evil, led the people into evil. Still today, in order to be prepared for God's coming, spiritual leaders, those who serve as preachers and teachers in the church, need to hold to law and gospel. It doesn't matter if they have fine decorations or if they present themselves in any other light or way. If they fail to prepare hearts and refine them and purify them with law and gospel, God's people won't be ready. And it's not just the Levites that need to prepare because he says, I will approach you to judge you. 
I will be quick to give testimony against. And then he goes on to list several sins. Note the, the sins that are listed here in Malachi 3 seem to have to do with a lot of the sins that people think they can get away with. Maybe Christians aren't practicing the occult arts or sorcery, but are we fearing God above all things? Are we trusting in him above all things? Or do we trust in the lies of our own heart? And do we love the temptations of the devil more than the will and word of our God? There's the word of our God, like a sign saying, slow down, listen, watch out. Are God's people doing that? And the, the next sin that's listed is adultery, a sin that's often committed in secret. But all, adultery begins with the secret, impure thoughts of the heart. And then he talks about giving a false witness or false testimony. Don't we like to lie if we think we can get away with it? Or consider it okay if the lie won't ever get caught? And then he goes on to list those who are overlooked, often abused, or defenseless in society. He says, he'll be quick to judge those who cheat workers out of their wages, those who in greed think they can get away with something and harm others, those who wrong a widow and a fatherless child, those who turn away a resident alien or a foreigner. God is concerned about those who society will often overlook or abuse because they can get away with it. Human life is precious. Is it regarded as such by all? Maybe we might think we can overlook the needs of those suffering around us and we begin to fail to help and to love. God says, he will approach, he will come near, but it will be to judge all those who do not fear me. That is all who do not put the Lord first. So who's going to stand? Who can endure the day when he comes? God's people? not the Israelites, as God describes their situation. Since the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. The word was there. The people did not listen. They did not keep it. Who will stand when God comes? Will you? Have you listened to his word as you ought? You know, there was a... a journalist from Australia who was invited to come and interview one of the world's best-selling pop artists, Adele. And so he made his flight. He hopped on a plane from Australia and headed to London. And I'm sure the interview went fairly well, at least that is, until during the interview he had to admit he had not listened to her latest album. Adele was understandably upset. And the man only, granted, had been given a short time to listen. He had been given an early preview of the album in an email. He failed to open that email and take a listen during his flight and his travel. But still, he, he failed to listen. And most would argue that Adele rightfully withheld the rights to the interview, and that man had to go back home disgraced, back to his journalism company, because he had failed to do what really was a big part of his job, to listen. Have we listened to our God? I'm not just talking about the times where 
we see the signs and then we begin to slow down or we hear the preaching and the preparation aimed at our hearts and then we start to maybe listen. But do we always listen? Even before God has to put those signs and send his messengers to warn us, do we always listen and slow down as we ought to pay attention? And what God ought to do with us for the times we've turned against his word and failed to listen when he comes to judge? Should he do more than simply cancel the interview, but turn against those who turned away from him? Thank God that what he says here is preparing us for his coming. He says here to the people and to us, certainly I, the Lord, do not change. That is why you, sons of Jacob, have not come to an end. Our hearts change. They turn. And no matter how dedicated we might be or purified we might think we've made ourselves, they've turned away from the will of our God. But God's heart does not change. It never turns. He has made a covenant promise. And just as he sent John the Baptist, he also sent the messenger of the covenant, the Savior. And God did not change from his plans, but immediately after the preaching and teaching of John came the Lord to his temple. And he came to fulfill that covenant, the forgiveness of sins, as he told us, this is my covenant, the covenant of my blood for the forgiveness of sins. And because of that, the Lord invites us to turn from our sin and to him. He says here, return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of armies. The same God who sends his law to crush our hearts and to expose our sin invites us through his gospel to turn to him. The door to repentance remains open. Forgiveness is there from the unchanging, unfailing mercy of our God. He sent the messenger of the covenant, Jesus, the son of Mary and the son of God, who came to the temple of the Lord to bring that covenant and to fulfill God's promises. And though Israel and all God's people have failed to perfectly listen to and follow the signs, have at times turned away from him, he faithfully turned to the cross to win that forgiveness for us. And God prepares us for his coming. He prepares us as he humbles us. In his word, there the signs are. He warns us of the, the sins where we've thought we could get away with them. He warns us of the sins where we overlooked the need of others. He warns us of the time we did not fear him so that we can turn from our sin and turn to his mercy so that when he comes, we can answer that question. Who will stand in the day of his coming? Who will endure the day he comes? His people will, those who he humbled and like a refiner purifying gold and silver has removed the impurities and the sin and given us a new heart of faith that we've turned from the love of sin to the love of our Savior who kept his covenant promise. God prepares us when he comes near as he humbles our hearts. 
He sent messengers. He has sent his word. That uh, person who was supposed to listen to that, that album before the interview was given just a short time. God, throughout the ages, has made his signs clear, the prophecies fulfilled. And day after day in your life, his word is there for you to listen. The word which will, like a hammer and a fire, will purify as it cuts the heart and causes you to turn away from those sins, those sins you thought you could get away from, those sins you thought would be ignored, those times where you failed to love the suffering and the overlook the need of those to fail to love those who suffer and overlook the need of those around you, the times you did not fear the Lord. And we turn away from our sin in humility. And we turn to the one who came with unchanging love. Join with me and all of God's people as we daily live in repentance and faith, worked by his law and gospel. And we pray together. Lord, forgive me for the times where I have failed to turn to your word and listen. Forgive me for the times I committed a sin that I thought would be overlooked. When you come near, Lord, you also hold me accountable for the times when I overlooked the need of others and failed to love those around me. And I have not always feared you or listened to you as I ought. Lord, let your law cut my heart and turn me from my sin. Let your gospel bring me the refreshing joy of forgiveness, of knowing your unchanging, unfailing love. You sent your Son, and you have sent messengers into my life to turn me from my sin and to faith in him. Lord, thank you for your forgiveness, that I may stand when you come near. Amen.